Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Genesis 40 this morning. Genesis uh, chapter 40, I'll read the whole uh, chapter here in, in just a bit, a little bit of a, a, a long thing. You know, I was reading an article that came out uh, about the middle of January, and it was talking about uh, that there was this four-year-old child who was left in a minivan for a, a daycare center in Rochester, New York. This poor girl was forgotten and left in this minivan for nine hours. In Rochester, New York, we're not talking Huntsville, Alabama, we're talking Rochester, New York. Y'all, it's cold up there in New York. I know this morning I was complaining, oh, it's cold, uh, it's cold out here. This is Rochester, New York. Nine hours. She could have easily succumbed to hypothermia in that frigid weather, but, but by God's grace, the girl survived and she didn't have any long-term detrimental effects. The driver of the van who found her when it was time to take kids home tried to bribe her by get, to give her money to keep her quiet. I mean, God, that doesn't make your blood boil right there. I don't know what is. She did, did tell her mom, and you know, the, the authorities are, are, are taking care of that. But I mean, you, you just wonder how in the world could you forget about someone who is under your care? How could you forget about someone like that? Unfortunately, I mean, over the years, we've heard a lot of stories like that, haven't we? Kids getting forgotten in daycare vans, kids getting forgotten in cars or, or whatever. The vulnerable being forgotten. Those who should have been looked over being forgotten. And yet, you know, when I look at those kind of stories and, and, and maybe it's picturesque, maybe it's kind of metaphorical for what some people feel like. Maybe what some of you feel like. You feel forgotten, forgotten by humanity, forgotten by God, and, 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 and maybe because of these feelings of being forgotten, you kind of have distanced yourself from God. Yeah, you know, you're here, you might go through the motions of church, but mentally and spiritually, you, you're checked out. You're checked out of God, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll go to church, I'll do the live in the south, go to church thing. But you're checked out and you have no spiritual walk because you think God has forgotten you. Something I want you to remember, something that, you know, in many a sermon that I, I, I preach and, and that I try and convey is that feelings do not determine your, the facts. Just because you, have feel, you feel forgotten does not mean that you have been forgotten because Almighty God, who is all-powerful and all-knowing, does not forget His children. He sees you. He knows you. He knows what you are going through. But something we, also, we have to remember is that just because you're a child of God, it doesn't exempt you from going through trials and problems and, and, and tribulations. 
But you know what? You know God. And you know His character. And you can trust that He is with you in this valley. He has not forgotten you. And so we look at this passage. We see a man who seems like he was forgotten of God. That man is Joseph. You're familiar with his story, seemingly forgotten by God and man. And what I want you to take away from today is that even though our lives may not be where we think we would have dreamed we would have been or hoped we would have been, we may feel lonely and forgotten, we still faithfully serve God in spite of our feelings because he hasn't forgotten you. So we continue to serve God. And I, I, my, pray, my prayer is that you're going to commit yourself to that today. And so we want to look at the part of Joseph's story found in Genesis chapter 40. If you'll stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word as I read these. Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with the two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody and one night they both dreamed a dream, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison, each his own dream and each his its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled and so he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, we have had dreams and there's no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, in my dream there was a vine before me and on the vine there were three branches and as soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, this is its interpretation. The three branches are three days, and in three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to the office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly, when you were his cupbearer. Only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit." When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, Well, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all of his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray that whatever our feelings might be, however we might feel, whatever trials we're going through, we remember that you do not forget. We remember that we are in your eye. And Lord, you have great plans for us. And Lord, you're going to glorify yourself through us. And so may we be open to that. 
May we serve you all our days. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. And so today I want to uh, give touch on four lessons that we find in this passage. And the first lesson that we, that we see is that we are to serve God faithfully in spite of our circumstances. Serve God faithfully in spite of the circumstances you are in. I mean, consider for a moment everything that Joseph went through. I mean, God gave him dreams about his future. His brothers just couldn't stand it. Boy, they were, they were jealous. They hated him because of these dreams. I mean, they hated him for other reasons, too. And so they sold him into slavery. He was put in service for Potiphar. He seemed to prosper for a time, but then he was falsely accused of rape. And then he was put in prison. I mean, Joseph, for the most part, didn't do anything wrong. But now he finds himself separated from his family, made a slave, falsely accused, sitting in prison. Definitely not an ideal life. You know, unlike what maybe some people might teach, and unlike what you might hear, just because you are God's man or you are God's woman, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to live your best life now. That doesn't mean you won't go through hardships now. Few of us might go through the hardships like Joseph went through, but we will go through hardships. But notice... Joseph did not blame God. Joseph did not stop living for God. You know, it also it makes me think of, of Job. Job went through a whole lot. And his wife even told him, why, why don't you just curse God and die? Job's like, why would I sin like that? Look, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I'm leaving, going to leave this place. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He still served God as well. Now, Joseph, he didn't like his circumstances at all, but he still served God. And he served faithfully. You know, he's in Potiphar's house, he's a slave, but he, he worked. He did the job. He didn't have a bad attitude. He knew by serving in the place where he was, he was actually serving God. And he wanted to honor God with everything that he did. He wanted to honor God with his life. And so when he was met with this, with this temptation, Potter, Potiphar's wife kind of hitting on him and, and all that. He's like, no, how, why would I sin against God in such a way? He served faithfully. And then even when he was accused of raping, even when he ended up in prison, he still served God faithfully. In that capacity, his circumstances did not determine his level of faithfulness to God. You know, he didn't murmur like maybe some of us would if we're in adverse circumstances. Well, you know what? If God's going to put me through this, well, forget him. I'm not going to serve him. I'm not going to do all that. Do you think that if Joseph would have had that attitude, that he would have been lifted up by God to the position that he got later? If Joseph didn't serve faithfully where he was, do you think God would have entrusted to him greater things? No. He would not have been lifted up like that. And so we serve God faithfully where we are in whatever circumstance we find ourselves. I, I think of uh, Johnny Erickson Tata. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but, you know, she... 
She had a promising life, very sporty, very athletic, but then a diving accident left her paralyzed from the shoulders down. And, you know, in, in the works that she has written and whatnot, you know, she does talk about the anger and depression, you know, that she went through, which I think anyone under her circumstances would. But then she made a conscious choice that she was going to serve God faithfully. She didn't say, well, I'm going to wait to serve God until my circumstances get better. I'm going to wait to serve God until I get all my motion back. Right where she was, she was going to serve God faithfully. And, and she, there's, she has so many ministries going on that has touched millions of lives because she decided she's going to serve God faithfully in those circumstances. So you look at Joseph, you look at Johnny, you look at people like them. They made the choice to serve God faithfully in spite of their circumstances. And my prayer is we make that same choice, whatever it is we're going through. And so now I want to consider a second lesson today. Serve God faithfully with the gifts that he gives. Serve God faithfully with the gifts that he, he gives. Joseph is in prison. God gives him grace in the eyes of the warden, and so Joseph is given a stewardship kind of job in prison, and he tends to the prisoners. Now Pharaoh, for some reason, the reason's not given, he gets kind of mad at his cupbearer, uh, some versions might call him a butler, and, and his chief baker, and throws them in prison, and Joseph's put in charge of serving them. By serving them, he's serving God. He has this unique opportunity, because now both the cupbearer and, and the baker, they have these memorable dreams on the same night, and they compare notes, and there's no way that it's just coincidence that these dreams have come, but the dreams are bothering them. What do these dreams mean? Obvious, it's, it's obvious it's not a coincidence we've had these dreams, but what in the world do these dreams mean? There's something special about those dreams, but they didn't have anyone to interpret it for them. You know, it, when they were in Pharaoh's court, Pharaoh had wise men and counselors and magicians and, and, and all that, but they're in prison. They don't have access to that. So the passage notes that they were downcast, and Joseph notices that they were downcast, and he asked them to share. You had dreams? Really? Dreams are my speciality. I mean, if you want, you want to think about it, we could, I guess if you want to put it this way, dreams were Joseph's spiritual gift. He had a spiritual gift of dreams or dream interpretation. Or something like that, right? Because years earlier, before all the hardships came, God gave Joseph two dreams, and Joseph in the Spirit was able to interpret those dreams. God was going to put Joseph in a position where his brothers would buy, and family would bow down to his authority. Now, he did probably brag on it a little bit, and so maybe that would have caused him a little bit of the problems that he ran into, but God gave him dreams, and God gave him the ability to interpret dreams. And so he had a gift. God gave him that gift, and now God gave him an opportunity to use that gift even in the midst of prison, even in the midst of being in a hard place, even in the midst of tribulation. God gave him an opportunity to serve by using his gift. Yes, that sometimes happens. We, in the middle of adverse circumstances, God wants us to use our gift. For some reason, we think, okay, God has given me this spiritual gift, and I will use it when it's convenient for me. I will use it when I feel like it, when I have the time, when my life gets better, when I get my life in order, things like that. But it, that's not the way it works. 
whether things are going good, whether things are going bad, God is going to give you an opportunity to use your spiritual gift. We might call them divine appointments. And so even when you have issues going on, when life is not at its best, he's going to give you opportunities, divine appointments to use those spiritual gifts. And so here's Joseph with a divine appointment. It is not a coincidence that these guys have these dreams, and it's not a coincidence that Joseph is there to interpret the dreams. Now, you know, he, he recognizes this as a divine appointment, and, and so he uses his gift. He doesn't just kind of blow it off like, oh, you had dreams? Cool. All right, bye. No. Hey, here's an opportunity for me to use my gift. Now, you notice he doesn't take credit for the gift. He gives credit to God. I mean, doesn't God interpret dreams? Isn't God the interpreter of dreams? But Joseph is the conduit that these interpretations come. And so these men tell their dreams. Joseph interprets the dreams. For the cupbearer, it's pretty good news. For the chief baker, not so much. Not so much. But not, not once did Joseph have such a pity party about his circumstances that, that, he, you know, that he refused to use the gift that God gave him. Well, I know God has given me the gift of interpreting dreams, but look where I'm at. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And, and here's the thing. You have a gift. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has gifted you. And your life might be all sorts of topsy-turvy and, and weird and all over the place. But just because of that, that doesn't give you an excuse to not use your gift. Your, your circumstances and your attitude do not exempt you from serving God with the gift he gave you through the divine appointments that he puts in your way. You know, the Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. You've been given a gift, use it. You know, you read Peter's epistles, you read Paul's epistles, they talk about spiritual gifts. And not once when they're talking about spiritual gifts do they give some sort of exemption clause. You use your gift through the local church, except if, and then a long list, there's no fine print that's, that gets you out of using your gift that God has given you. And so you serve God faithfully, no matter the circumstances, by using the gift that he has given you in the opportunities and the divine appointments that he puts in your way. The third lesson I want you to consider today is serve God faithfully even if things don't change. Serve God faithfully even if things don't change. So, Joseph gives the interpretations of the dreams. He knows that God has given those interpretations, so he knows everything is going to happen exactly like he said. And so he uses this as an opportunity to maybe help himself out a little bit, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, he, he knows the cupbearer is going to get back to Pharaoh, so he's like, um, by the way, when you get to Pharaoh, can you bring my case up before Pharaoh because I've been wronged in so many ways. Sold into slavery by my brothers. I was falsely accused, and I don't know, all these wrongs. So when you get back to Pharaoh in three days, could you bring my name up and Help me out, you know, help a brother out here. Come on. And the cupbearer's like, yeah, sure. And so 
the three days pass. Sure enough, the baker is killed. But the cupbearer goes back to work, just like the interpretation of the dream said. And what happens? The cupbearer completely forgets about Joseph. Completely forgets. I mean, he's just happy to have his old life back. And, you know, in reading this passage, I don't really think there's any malice or purposeful hurt, you know, intended. He didn't purposely forget Joseph, you know. He's just excited to be back to his normal life, and he forgets. I mean, it's not too unusual. I I forget things all the time. I mean, Trish can tell me, or, you know, she can ask me, hey, can you do this and that? And I'm like, sure, I'd love to do this or that. Two minutes later, completely forget. So later she comes, hey, did you do this or that? No. I forgot. I mean, it doesn't even take me two minutes. It's probably 30 seconds later. I'm like, oh. you know? So it's easy to forget. He forgot. So Joseph's forgotten again. Again. Joseph ended up spending several more years in prison. I mean, it's not like the, the, this cupbearer forgot for a day or two. It wasn't until years later when Pharaoh had these weird dreams and he needed an interpreter, the cupbearer's like, you know, had one of them V8 moments, like, oh, man, I completely forgot. I forgot about this Hebrew dude. Joseph still remained faithful to God and faithfully served God even when he was forgotten again. And his circumstances did not change one bit. They still didn't change. He was still in prison all those years. Not hours, not days, years he was forgotten. You know, I think we Americans have this this notion that if we do what we're supposed to do, we're going to get paid for it. We're going to get wages for it. We're going to, you know, we put our service to even to God on a scale. You know, we, we might think that, okay, if I serve God faithfully and I use my gift, then in turn, God is going to give me some sort of wages. Like God's going to give me an easy life and God's going to do this or that. You know, I don't think we're going to necessarily articulate it that way. But many people live that way in their subconscious. If I serve God, he's going to pay me back with a better life. If I serve God faithfully, then all this good stuff is going to happen to me. But that's not found in Scripture. I mean, it's not even implied in Scripture. You serve God, and you serve God faithfully, even if your circumstances don't change. Because you serve God faithfully, because he's God. And that's what Joseph had to do. You know, earlier I mentioned Johnny Erickson Tata. She made the choice to serve God faithfully in spite of being paralyzed. Now, now some people might think that because, you know, she has done so many ministries, she has done great work for the Lord. Many people have come to Christ because of her work and things like that. You know, some people might think, well, surely God would heal her. I mean, okay, so she was paralyzed. For a few years, she did some ministry. Okay, God can heal her and and she'll be fine. 
That is not what happened. God has not healed her, and yet to this day, she is serving God faithfully. The accident that took her movement, her motion, happened in 1967. Here we are some 55 years later. Her circumstances have not changed for 55 years. And yet the gospel is still going out through her because she made the choice to still serve God faithfully even though her circumstances have not changed. I mean, at at some point, did she think that she was forgotten of God? I mean, I don't know, but I would assume so. And yet she serves, and, and God is using her, not only in spite of her circumstances, but actually through her circumstances. And so you know what? Your circumstances might not change, might not change for years, might not change at all. But you know what? You serve God faithfully anyway because he is worthy. And he has shown us the better way. My fourth and final lesson real quick that I just want to mention is that Jesus is our example of faithful service. You know, we may look at Joseph, but ultimately we got to look at Jesus. We have to consider the one who served God faithfully who he truly was the only person ever who has been wronged completely and utterly. I mean, here is Jesus, God the Son, who stepped out of the glories of heaven, stepped out of the riches of heaven to take on this mortal, sinful flesh. And he lived amongst a creation that didn't recognize him, and he went amongst a nation and a people that that he formed who, who, who did not receive him. He lived a perfect life. He followed God's law to the letter. He revealed God like nobody ever could because he is God. He taught the way of God. He taught the way to God. He pointed people to God. And yet he was rejected by men. He was misunderstood even by his own family. He was harassed by mankind. He was beaten and bruised and eventually killed as a common criminal. Even though... He's the only one who's ever been without sin. Facing that and knowing what he was going to face, yet Jesus served God by serving mankind in the greatest way possible, dying on the cross for the sins of humanity so that those who believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus was put on a cross. There on the cross, he was seemingly forgotten by man and forgotten by God, yet he willingly gave his life so that he could save a remnant of people from humanity. Jesus didn't refuse merely because he was in adverse circumstances. Jesus didn't refuse to go to the cross because he wasn't getting the recognition he deserved from his people. He willingly gave his life in service to God and man so that we could be saved. As Jesus himself said in the Gospels in Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And you might be thinking, okay, you know what? All of that is good for Joseph. All of that is good for Johnny. 
or all of that is good for Jesus, but my circumstances, my situation is different. My circumstances are unique. I mean, not really, no. You're thinking that because of the pity party you're going through. Your circumstances are not unique. But even if they were, the question is, is God so good and worthy that you would serve him in spite of your circumstances anyway? Will you use the gift he has given you to serve him as you serve others? Will you be found faithful? You know, Christian, maybe you need to come to the altar and, and you got some wrestling around to do with God. There's things going on in your life. You're wrestling with God. You know, and, you know, no, it's not easy making the choice that, you know what, I'm going to serve God faithfully anyway. But you know what? He'll empower you. He'll give you his Holy Spirit to empower you to do just that. So come to the altar and wrestle with that. And come to the conclusion that, Lord, even if my circumstances don't change, I'm going to serve you because you're wonderful. You're, you're God. You're merciful. You're, you're, you're forgiving. You are a wonderful God. So come and choose to serve him. But maybe you haven't come to Christ yet. He suffered and died on the cross for you. And only through him can you be saved. Only through him is there any re relief or recourse for what you're going through. Only through him can you get to the Father. Only through Jesus can you have eternal life. And so as you know, we have our final song and invitation, I'll be up front, and if you don't know Jesus, I want you to know Jesus. I want you to have eternal life. I want you to be in heaven with me and everybody else. And so, sir, and I want you to be serving God here on this earth. This earth needs as many people as possible being salt and light. And that's you. And so I want you to trust and put your faith in Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry at Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest underscore HBC. Our student ministry is on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening and God bless.